Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Side by Side Dirt. It's your host. That's right. It's me, Joe Dirt. Nah, just joking. What up? It's me. It's Sheldon. I'm the host of Side by Side Dirt. I'd like to start off, first of all, saying thanks to everybody that's giving me thumbs up, applauding the podcast, everybody that's sharing it, everybody that's hashtagging Side by Side Dirt, everybody that keeps telling me, keep doing what you're doing. They really enjoy it. They can't wait to the next episode. That's why I bought this. Because if you're listening to this, that means that you are a side-by-side enthusiast. And that's what I am. So I want you guys to keep messaging me. Keep letting me know what you guys want me to bring on the next episode. What you guys want me to talk about. What you want to talk about. So that's what I'm saying to you guys. Message me. Let me know what you want to do. So let's start off with episode number three. I guess that's where we're at right now. <laughs> wow. First of all, I'd like to say thanks to Magnum Off-Road. They wrote me the other day saying they really enjoy the podcast, keep doing what we're doing. And you know what? I'm going to say this to Magnum Off-Road. Thank you guys for doing what you're doing. You guys are the reason why we are the way we are. And thanks for bringing it to the table. And thanks for being side-by-side enthusiasts yourselves. We appreciate that. Second of all, I'd like to say thanks to SDR Motorsports. They wrote me today saying, wow, that brings back some memories. And you want to know, almost 10 years ago, they opened their doors. SDR did. So you know what, Tim? I'm calling you out. I want to bring you on the podcast. And I want people to know what makes you a side-by-side enthusiast. Number three, we had Gage Racing. He wrote us saying, thanks for the shout out. And thanks for sharing. You know what? Gage Racing, I just wanted to say thanks to you for being a privateer. You get up every day. You go to work. You work on your side-by-side at night to go racing on weekends. You know what? I'm giving you a shout-out. Thanks for being a privateer. Thanks for being a side-by-side enthusiast. Number four. I want to say thanks to Army Engineering Patriot. He wrote to us saying, respect the godfathers of the side-by-side industry. And you know what? He's 100% right. We need to respect the people that built the side-by-side industry to what it is today. And fifth, I want to say this to the Cruise Land Shop. They wrote us saying, wow, nice pick. Take a look at our store. And all I can say to them is eat dirt. Because it has nothing to do with what we're doing or our podcast. So... Let's start this off. Well, it's been a busy week for me. Um, It's getting cold up here. Um, So the side-by-side industry is, in a way, kind of coming to a close for us. Um, It's been one heck of a year. It's it's just been a crazy year for me. And and, um, I can't believe that I'm doing side-by-side dirt now. I talked about a year ago about doing it um, with a friend of mine, Jason. That, by the way, Jason, I'm calling you out. Need you on the podcast because this was your idea. Um, hopefully, eventually, we can get him on here talking about what makes him a side-by-side enthusiast. But um, I'm going to start today off with this. Um, the Sand Show, it, it's been a crazy, crazy Sand Show. It's been a crazy 
it's just been absolutely crazy. Um, you know, Polaris brought out the new Turbo S four seat. Um, and a few months ago, they brought out the Turbo S two seat. What can I say about the Turbo S? You finally got your long travel razor. It's it's a cool, it's an awesome idea. Um, I think it's great. Um, but unfortunately, Can MX3 came out with the 72 inch model before they did, um, which is it is what it is. That's what I'm saying. The industry is evolving so much; it's it's unbelievable. Um, Textron bought out the new Double X. Uh, I got to give them a shout out on that. They they built a cool looking box style unit. It looks cool. Um, but the biggest. I guess the biggest thing right now is no radius rods in the rear. Like, unbelievable. It's just, that's why the industry just keeps going the way it is and just keeps on evolving. It's manufacturers are starting to hear what you have to say and, and they're listening to the consumers, what they want. And manufacturers give a pat on your back because you're starting to listen to what we want as riders, as drivers, as racers, as privateers, as sport enthusiasts of the side-by-side -side world. So give you guys self a pat on the back. Um, but let's go to the Turbo S. I really like the Turbo S. Um, I think that what they did was cool. Um, they opened the grill up to give it more breath of air inside the radiator. I think that was the problem with the turbos. They just weren't breathing. They were getting hot all the time and melting down. And I guess razors were catching on fire, um, which was a sad day when I seen all that. I imagine players lost a lot of sales over that. I feel really bad for that, but it is what it is. The industry is evolving so fast that it's, we're kind of all test dummies to the world, I guess is what I want to say. Um, but the Turbo S, I really, I really enjoy the lights that they put around the grill. I think that is a cool idea. Um, I know that Can-Am X3 came out with that a little bit first. Um, but I think that uh, Players really hit it on the nail there, the head on the nail with that. I think that it just, it just screams pissed off and ready to roll and eat anything that comes in its way. Um, it's... And that's what I'm saying. I think that the Turbo S is a really cool unit, and I think that it's it's gonna gain a lot of momentum in the side by side industry, on a lot of ways. Um, I was watching a review the other day, the difference between a Can Am and a Can Am X3 and a Turbo S. Um, there was a lot of things going for the Can Am, and there was a lot of things going for the Can uh, for the Turbo S. Um, one thing he did see compared to the Can-Am, he liked the way that the Turbo S, you stood up more you stood up more straight in the seat, you could see out the hood better, you could observe better out through the windshield. Um, the X3, he said he really um, couldn't see that good out of the windshield. Uh, he said handling, he felt that that extra few inches of travel that you get out of long travel really helped out. Um, and he's absolutely right. and. You know, players did change a lot, especially on the Turbo S. They changed out. They made everything just seems to be bigger on it. Drive line, diffs. It's 
they really listened to everything that we wanted. Um, so the Turbo S, I think, is going to do really good this year. I think that um, players won't keep up with the demand of the Turbo S. I think that um, manufacturers like players, they're doing a really good job. And I think that the Turbo S is, is an awesome unit um, compared to most units. Every unit has their drawbacks and this and that. Um, maybe next year, maybe Polaris might bring out something different. There's a rumor of a new model coming out. Um, I don't know if it's true or not. I guess we're wait. We're, I guess, waiting to see what they're going to bring out. Are they going to bring out more horsepower? Are they going to change the body? Are they going to change the frame? There's rumors that they're coming out with something new. And I would imagine that they probably are coming out with something with pretty badass and really competitive and in the market. Um, I think that's what makes them the number one market share is because of what they do. Um, you know, especially in their racing program, helping guys out and stuff. So players, I, I think Can-Am is, is not gonna definitely lie down low either. And I don't think Textron either is. Um, like I said, Textron really brought it to the, the Sancho this year. I think they, they showed the manufacturers what manufacturers can do if they really want by building machines on the spot and selling them. I think is, I still think to this day that it's a great idea. And I think that um, more manufacturers and more part companies need to start doing that. Giving the consumers something different to the Sancho and and... I just think it's an awesome idea. So I haven't drove a Turbo S yet. Um, I can't hardly wait to get in the driver's seat of one. I really can't. Um, I actually drove an RS1 the other day, uh, about a few days, probably about, about five days ago, I drove uh, uh, RS1 and I was really, I was really impressed with it. I thought it was kind of cool. It reminded me of uh, back in the day when I first drove a Honda Odyssey. <laughs> I, uh, it was, it's quite, I think that, I think the RS1, I think is, it'd be cool. Um, I'm calling up Polaris. I want to see if Polaris will make a, a Turbo S RS1. Something with some long travel on it, maybe a turbo. We'll see what they have to do. <laughs> Probably not, but. You never know, Polaris is always keeps going ahead of the game and always building more and more models. I think that it'd be kind of cool. And I know you guys probably agree, it'd be kind of cool to see a Turbo S RS1 Turbo. Um, but I also want to bring this week in, I want to talk about um, Canada quite a bit. Um, as you know, you probably don't know, but I'm actually from Canada. Um... I've been here all my life. I've been around the off-road industry for a lot of years, especially in in Alberta. Um, I'm. It's been a really sad last few years to see the government taking away our riding land day by day, step by step. Um, I've been trying to get involved more and more, trying to fight back and trying to get people to fight back. Uh, to change the government's view of the side-by-sides. I've listened to all different sides of the story. Um, I've been listening to stories that side-by-sides are to be blamed for uh, ripping up and down rivers and killing fish. 
and killing their spawn land and their waterways and and they're widening out trails they're taking chainsaws out there and cutting out um trails bigger um it's been a hard year especially for uh western canada and the side-by-side industry um it's definitely uh more frowned upon than it was years ago growing up um i think we all need to get together and and start uh, telling the government how side-by-sides are important um you know it's just sad to see the side-by-side industry and the off-road industry being dwindled by the governments and and as taxpayers and us as people our voices are not being heard um small communities being affected by the side-by-sides and off-road industry not being there they're starting to lose money and dwindle and lose faith um and i don't blame them you know the side-by-side industry and especially the off-road industry brings millions of dollars to these little towns and to provinces and states and countries and i don't think the government realizes what they're doing um you know i was listening to a gentleman the other day talk about the government doesn't realize if there is no off-road industry there's there's people that don't buy campers there's people that don't buy trucks to pull those campers there's people that don't buy gas to pull those campers there's people that don't buy food to go camping there's people that don't buy parts off these dealers and keep the dealers open and i'm kind of calling out the dealers out there you guys need to start you know stepping behind these groups and these people and start supporting them and telling and and going to the government because you know what if people don't buy side by sides from you you know eventually it's taking food out of your mouth and people that build side by sides people that work on them it's taking food out of everybody's mouth and i don't think that people realize how important the side by side world is in the off-road industry is you know, kids will eventually, if we get rid of off-road, kids will eventually forget that what it's like to be out in nature, to experience different things and and ride different avenues and do different things and just be a kid getting dirty. Um, you know, they're, they're just going to be stuck behind a desk and, from 9 to 5 and then when they come home, they're just going to be stuck behind a computer playing a video game or on their cell phones. You know, I was talking to a lady the other day and she was just telling me, like, she says, I don't understand why the government doesn't understand. You know, not every kid likes likes to play video games and not like every kid likes to be on a cell phone and just like kids don't want to hang out in a skateboard park. You know, there's, there's kids that want to hang out in off-road parks and ride tracks and race and all that stuff. And it's, it's, it's it's insane and I think that Canada needs to start listening to down below us United States I was reading an article the other day about how there's more states getting involved in the side-by-side industry and legalization of side-by-sides on the road and I think that's great that United States is starting to realize like what it brings to the table and how big the off-road industry especially in the U.S. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day from Arizona and he was telling me he can't believe all the side-by-sides that he's seen driving around 
in downtowns and little towns and on the roads and more and more people are buying them and and families are getting out there on weekends and riding instead of watching TV or watching movies they're getting out there and exploring the outdoors you know so the government shame on you you guys need to start understanding and listening to the people and stop blaming us for five people that have ruined it and taking it away when there's thousands of people that enjoy it and clean up and do their job and try to police it themselves so shame on you guys for taking it all away for five bad apples to rate ratio it doesn't even make sense it's not even right and I got to get off this topic because it makes me upset because I live and breathe off-road. Um, I have been since I was a kid, since my dad bought me my first dirt bike, to my dad buying my first quad, to my first snowmobile. There's just nothing like filling the air between your cheeks and <laughs> and riding. It's just, it's an amazing adventure. And it's, it's brought me up to the person I am today. And I've always grown up to learn to... When you pack in, you pack out, you respect the land, you don't wreck it, you know, and unfortunately there's some bad people that have, but there's still no reason for them to take it away from us because of a few bad apples. So I'm going to get off this topic now, because like I said, it makes me very irritated. Um, I'm going to, let's talk about some other stuff that I know. Um, this year, my daughter... Uh, she raced this year for her first time racing in a side-by-side and I can tell you right now what a learning experience that was. I definitely realized what it was like to be a privateer and, and uh, racing on a beer budget. Um, <laughs> it was it was an amazing adventure is all I got to say. I learned a lot um, this year definitely. I was a spectator for a lot of years in, in the side-by-side racing especially in Canada and especially Western Canada I watched a lot and I seen quite a few races and stuff and I can tell you on the other end of the stick it was it's not even the same ballpark <laughs> um, so I want to give a shout out to all you privateers I definitely know how you felt this year scraping from end of the barrel and eating craft dinner and hot dogs so that your family members can race or you can race it's hard wrenching on a car working every day and trying to get out there and practice as much as you can it's just it, it's a tough go around and my daughter being one of the first females racing especially the short course in the in the side by side um it was definitely a uh, learning experience for her it was an eye opener for her and it was definitely a, an eye opener for me um i don't know what next year we're gonna do i hope that um side by side racing uh gets bigger and and better in especially western canada and i think i hopefully more people will show up next year um it's definitely not like it is down in the united states where you got 50 to 80 side by sides per race um we're lucky if we have 10 to 15 on a hot day (laughs) you know so it's tougher up here um the guys that race side by sides up here these guys they do it because they like doing it and they they're side by side enthusiasts and they love racing um, there's definitely no money in it. There's, it's just something that they do instead of going on trips for somewhere. Um, I want to give some shout outs to some racers that I know on a personal level um, that have been racing 
all over, especially down in the United States. And I don't think that um, people from the United States real realize how hard these guys work. Um, these guys travel 36 hours to 2,200 miles just to come and race against um, guys down in the United States. Um, you know, I remember uh, Lamont Motorsports um, when he was racing the, the works in 2014, I think, in 2015. You know, yeah, he traveled down there all the time to race against um, a lot of U.S. guys. And, you know, he's thousands of miles away from home and his family, you know, and uh, now he's in uh, best in the desert stuff now. Um, he's running uh, a Can-Am X3. Uh, the number on it is 970. So check him out. It's Lamont Motorsports. Um, check out him. He's he's a fantastic driver. He's been uh, running really good. Um, this year he's running with LSR. Um, another one of his teammates from Canada is Mike Sig. Um, his number is 979. Um, same thing. He's running with LSR. Um, he's a teammate of uh, and also a competitor, I guess, against Lamont Motorsports. These guys are both Canadians traveling from the other ends of Canada to go and race against the United States. And these guys work hard every every day and funded themselves as privateers. Um, you know, uh, there's another gentleman uh, that my daughter raced with this year, um, RLB81, uh, 920, Richard. Um, I just wanted to say... Uh, thanks for helping us out this year and um, thanks for helping my daughter out giving her some different ideas and some different techniques um, she definitely was a beginner and you know you guys helped her as best ways you could um, this guy here Richard at 920 he's really hucking her big he's definitely um, you know he's he's hucking her huge um, Robert Coates um, you know, I just wanted to say to Robert, uh, he helped me out in a in a big bind. I couldn't make it to a race with my daughter, and um, she was having a lot of problems, and with her razor, and um, she just couldn't get her going. And I was seven hours away, and you know, she. I don't know how to explain it. Is I just wanted to say thanks to him because if it wasn't for him, she would have been coming home definitely with zero time in that race um his number is 24 um canadian racer same thing a privateer doing on his own budget his own time you know um i also want to give this guy a big shout out al Macbeth. if you don't know him he's 357 um let me tell a little bit of background about al Macbeth. i've known him for well over probably five years um He's a really good guy. He's been uh, definitely pushing the racing world um, in Canada, and especially Western Canada. Um, he's definitely what we call the godfather of the side-by-side -side industry in Canada, for sure, and in the racing world. Um, Al Macbeth was, uh, broke the world record of 181 feet on May 9th of 2015. And if you've never seen it, go check it out. <laughs> it's pretty crazy watching this guy Huck a 2,000 pound machine almost in the air like that and landing it. It's just, if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's it's off the wall for sure. Um, 
And then I think it was last year, he tried to break his record of 181 feet to go to 232 feet and he crashed. Uh, it was a pretty epic crash. It was pretty gnarly. Um, he definitely walked away um, from it. Um, he was definitely bruised and battered from it, but he at least walked away. Um, if you haven't seen that video, you got to see the video of him inside. Um, the thought process that was what uh, was probably going through his family and all his friends that were there watching and the smoke, the cab filling full of smoke. I think he was knocked out. <laughs> you know, it was an epic crash. Um, and he, to this day, you know, I forgot to mention too, that he was actually going to the Baja 1000. So he had a few months to prepare for that bruised and battered and everything else. I couldn't imagine what was going through his mind, um, when he crashed. Um, but I just wanted to give a shout out to Al Macbeth 357. Um, you know, me as a side-by-side enthusiast, I thank you for all you guys, what you guys do and, and pushing the envelope and showing that Canada can play with the big dogs in the United States and uh, we are can be top contenders in a lot of aspects and we can push the envelope as much as anybody else. Um, so on that note, I want to say thanks to all you Canadians. Keep hucking it, keep throwing it, um, keep racing, keep pounding the Canadian flag down there. We appreciate you guys. Thanks for everything you guys do. Um, now I want to talk about a build. Um, I was talking, I want to, I just seen this build. It's, I know it's an older build, but it's been around for a while. Um, I want to talk about grounded four. Um, Brent built this cool XP 1000 four seater, um, for one of the guys that work at Vans, you know, the shoes that you put on your feet. <laughs> it was cool. Um, it looks just like a van shoe. They actually like took, um, I think, I forget what they call it around the shoe, uh, the white rubber around the shoe and they actually like, put it around the seats and like sewed the seats the same way as the shoe. Like honestly, Brent from Grounded 4, awesome job. That was cool. Um, I also want to give a shout out to everybody. Guess what? Glamis is opening up here in, in um, I think, October 31st, Halloween weekend. I think Camp Razors is coming. I can't hardly wait to see the, the video and, and the Instagram and the pictures and everybody and, and talk to all my friends that go there. I can't hardly wait to hear. Um, I just heard that um, players bought the Glamis Beach store out. I think that's cool because it's a legendary store that's been there for decades, I think. If I remember correctly, great. They bought a legendary store. They, they're, they're keeping the, how do you call that? They're, they're keeping the roots of where it all began in Glamis. Um, you know, it's just been a, it's just been a crazy evolution year the last few years, especially in the off-road industry and the side-by-side industry and the models that are coming out. And I think, in the next 10 years, I don't know where we're going to be at. I'm crossing our fingers and I'm hopefully the off-road industry doesn't die out and the side-by-sides don't are just not a fad. I'm, I just want to keep pushing this podcast and keep pushing people and giving people histories of the side-by-side and just keep understanding it and keep pushing it and the envelope. Um, but 
I want to get to some products here. We were talking about the turbos, the Players Razor turbos, and how they were having problems with heating and all that stuff. There's a few ways that I know how to do that. Um, first of all, I like to say there's a kit called the Reflexed and Beyond Extreme. They got the cooling system. Um, it's basically another fan that goes there behind. I think it's in front or behind. I can't remember off the top of my hand, but it keeps the temperature down in because Polaris built a radiator and the intercooler. So the heat between it just doesn't jive. And I can tell you firsthand, man, what it's like to see a turbo. Uh, a few weeks ago, I was actually watching a, a streetcar shootout and I know it has nothing to do about side-by-sides, but I can tell you, um, I seen this, I don't know how to explain it. You know the Griswold car? <laughs> from National Lampoons. Seriously, this is what it was, was the station wagon from that. And everybody's kind of like, oh, what the heck is this thing? And then this thing pulls up to that light and it's boosting and it's blowing off and it's building heat and it's going and everybody's like, what? And then when it took off, I swear to you, it took off like a rocket ship. Oh, halfways down the track, it literally exploded. This was a couple weeks ago and I still can't get it out of my mind. It literally exploded. <clears throat> it looked like it blew the fenders and blew the roof off in the hood and their flames shooting out everywhere. Um, thank goodness the guy was all right. But, you know, when you're building that much boost and that much power and everything and the heat and that's what I'm saying to you guys, you need to get the heat out of the turbo. Uh, I know guys that wrap the exhaust... Um, another thing you need to check out is Rogue Off-Road. Um, they build a lot of mud stuff, but they build this cool, uh, hood. Um, it's a mesh hood. Um, that allows tons of heat. I, it's degrees that it allows out. And we all know you, the, the players is they get really hot underneath the hood and you got to get that heat out. Um, another way is to relocate your radiator and, and all that stuff behind you. It's a great thing to do. Um, I do it on all on my machines. I know a lot of people say to me, hey, like, aren't you scared, Sheldon, that it'll explode and blow hot liquid on your neck? I've never seen it yet. Um, yes, it's a worry about mine, but I've never seen it done yet. I've never seen it happened. So it's kind of like a Bigfoot. You've never seen it. It might exist. You don't know. It could be just a myth, right? So I, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to give a few guy part companies like that a shout out, especially on the turbos, um, building heat. Um, it's definitely a dangerous thing. Um, it's they're fun, and there's nothing radder than hearing a blow off valve in a turbo. Um, it's definitely it's a cool thing, you guys. So, um, what else do you guys? What, what else should we throw down? Well, um. Next week, I think we're going to change it up. I'm going to bring a, a guy that I know very well, Jason, and that's right, I'm calling you out on the podcast. This was his idea, um, and I'm going to try to bring him in next week, and I think we're going to talk about suspension and, and springs. Um, just, I don't think people realize how... Suspension is so important. 
Um, I know when I first bought my XP 1000, I can tell you right up front, I was not impressed with the suspension. I felt so unsafe in it. I thought I was going to roll over. I thought I, every, when I stomped on the brakes, it was going to flip over. and <laughs> It was just an unbelievable experience. Um, and <sighs> I can tell you right now, I sent my shocks off and I got them fixed by shock therapy. And I can tell you right now, um, it, it was an 80% change for me. I fell in love with the XP1000. I actually got to use it. I really, I really got to um, to really feel what it's like to be comfortable. And I can tell you right now, when you're in your side by side and you feel uncomfortable, 90% of the time it's your suspension. There is nothing like losing your teeth and breaking your back from bad suspension. Um, I don't think people realize how important suspension is and how it can change your world in a matter of seconds by having a professional play with your suspension. Um, there's lots of companies out there doing it. There's shock therapy. Uh, there's a company called uh, Suspension Works. Check those guys out. See what those guys can do for you. Um, don't be miserable when you drive your side by side. Be happy. And I spend the extra money and make it a number one thing. If your side by side doesn't feel good, go and talk to these guys and see what these guys can do for you. Um, so I think that's what we're going to talk about. Episode number four I guess I think we're gonna we're gonna talk about suspension and, and we're gonna bring on a, a good friend of mine to talk about it and his history and what you're doing and uh, we're just gonna keep talking to people man and just keep bringing it to the table um, start bringing new ideas to the table start bringing new parts to the table you know trying to tie it all in in a half an hour or 40 minute show is kind of tough because it's just one of those things so thanks for listening to another episode of side by side dirt you guys um thanks for everything um can't wait till next episode number four um we're definitely going to post on our instagram anybody that we tagged out we're going to post them all week um and i can tell you right now thanks to the united states government Thanks, you guys, for understanding what it's like to be a side-by-side enthusiast and what makes us off-road people and the community. Um, thanks to guys like Lamont Racing, Mike Sig 979, Al Macbeth 357, RLB 81, Robert Coates 24. Thank you, guys, as Canadian racers. You know, there's kids that are racing 170s that look up to you, especially in Canada, and, and you guys... Um, are hitting it hard and showing kids that there's more than just skateboards and skate parks and drugs and alcohol and everything else to go with that um, and what it's like to be a stand-up person in the community and everything else so shout out to all you Canadians that are racing down in the US um, so this is Sheldon signing out for Side by Side Dirt we'll see you next week thanks bye